On today's episode of Locked On Spartans, Michigan State football loses another player to the transfer portal, and the basketball team finally, finally wins a game. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Monday, January 4th. Back. The year, mercifully, is 2021. Mm-hmm. I'm your host, Will Hunter, joined by my booking his tickets to the Final Four co-host, yeah. Matt yeah. Sheehan. Yes, sir. Yep, we're back. No, I'm sorry. These are the limpest, like, backs I think I've ever given in <laughs> my entire life. Very um, meek. Uh, it yeah. is, but you know what? Hey, a, a win is a win. Back is back. Um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it later. But hey, suck it, Nebraska. Well said. Yeah, thanks. Very well. Yeah, really really uncorked on that one. Yeah, Ooh, that was <laughs> fire. That one came. Off. That one came from the heels. Yeah. On today's show, we yeah. are going to talk about Trayvon Morgan. Big season coming up next year for him, right? Well, certainly no news about him. Yep. Yeah, we're going to break down his uh, his. His ceiling, his potential for Michigan State football. No, he goes into the transfer portal. We're going to talk about if it matters, why it matters, what it matters, etc. Yeah, if, if anything matters for that matter. Yeah. Nothing matters. Eat Arby's. Uh, after yeah, that, we're yeah. going to break down what happened uh, with Michigan State going to Lincoln and taking down the mighty Cornhuskers, who were ranked number two in the country going into that game, believe it or not. I- I, I don't believe it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> incredible. You mentioned that. Incredible win for the Spartans. So we'll talk about some things that went well, maybe some things that didn't go well, and sure. we'll start to look ahead to uh, a little bit tougher test coming tomorrow. Rutgers. Yeah. They're good. Uh, I'm shook. Yeah, they're they are a, a mighty fine team. They yeah. are a good basketball team. Reminded to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcast i forgot to say today's episode is brought to you by built bar <laughs> built bar baby let's go we are rolling into 2021 yeah, just <laughs> crushing it first show forgot the title sponsor go to builtbar.com use promo code locked on and you'll get 20 percent off your next order builtbar.com promo code locked on 20 percent off do it right now matt trayvon morgan is the 14th player mm. on the Michigan State Spartans, formerly on the Michigan State Spartans, to enter the transfer portal since mid-November. Mm-hmm. Essentially since the season got going. This one uh, this one caught me by surprise a little bit. Yeah, first surprise of the year. I know we did our segment uh, what, a week or two ago. is like, what name shocks you the most of the 12 or 13 or however many it was yeah. in the transfer portal at the time? And uh, the answer was none. None of them, really, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris Jackson a little bit, but once he goes away from the team for a few weeks, yeah. like it's like, okay, the writing's on the wall there. Yeah. But yeah, Trayvon Morgan, that's that's kind of a pretty big bummer. Um, surely you'll have some words to soften the blow of me and a few other fans that may be a little bummed by this. Right, Well, right? Surely, surely you can douse these flames out i mean i'm not gonna cry Please. about two receptions walking out the door i know and i gotta keep reminding myself of that because of course our like, memories and there aren't a lot there's only two catches worth but that baller catch uh, that he had against penn state but then again mm-hmm. double when catch that pen that was it was a very nice catch but also the, catch. the other end of the coin here um when the first action you see all season is the final game mm-hmm. 
uh, against Penn State. That, that that might have the writing on the wall there for, <laughs> for old Trayvon Morgan. Uh, but hey, good tape. Two great catches. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. that's going to, you know, wop some teams, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Morgan was a highly ranked recruit, tore his ACL as a true freshman. We know he's 6'7", 200-whatever pounds. He's a very impressive-looking human being. 6'7", and jacked. Mm-hmm. That'll, that'll work as a receiver. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, after the ACL... Uh, that obviously came with a redshirt, his true freshman season this year, uh, came into the season kind of buried on the depth chart, Matt, and it's not like every single person above him was fully healthy all season, and he still really right, didn't right. get on the field. Ricky White was out for an extended period. Uh, Ricky White obviously jumped him. C.J. Hayes and mm. Larice Nelson both missed the entire season. I would... I think it's very safe to assume C.J. Hayes is ahead of him on the depth chart. I would think probably Larice Nelson would be as well. I don't really know what they, they think of him. I know Hayes was someone that was in the plans uh, before he was lost uh, for the season. Mm-hmm. So those guys are going to be back. He was jumped by Ricky White, true freshman, Monterey Foster, true freshman, and Terry Lockett got more run than him, another right. true freshman. Three true freshmen jumped him. You add in the four guys that played the majority of snaps at receiver uh, that are still all coming back, that's seven. Then you add in C.J. Hayes, eight, possibly Larry Nelson, nine. And if they sign Keon Coleman, that would make ten. Mm-hmm. All ahead of him reasonably on the depth chart in going into the offseason. Now, the bummer is that it wouldn't have been out of the question for him to make a leap up that depth chart because he's so physically gifted. There was a skill set, or is a skill set, that isn't found anywhere else on this team. It's a, There's right. a lot of smaller, quicker guys in this receiver group. No one else is six foot seven, monster, <laughs> yeah. jump ball winner, go up and get it, red zone target, right? So losing that is a bummer. Or I guess losing the, losing the potential of that is a bummer. But again, buried on the depth chart, jumped by a true freshman who, in theory, I know he had a torn ACL, but in theory he's in the program for a year, should be physically more developed, you know, older. That's, you know, the writing's kind of on the wall probably for him, and he's someone who probably can get snaps somewhere else. It's a really deep room. Mm-hmm. And there are there's one senior, Larice Nelson is the only senior right. with the eligibility freeze. Like, it makes sense. Uh, we shouldn't have been surprised by it, but it's just not a name you had considered because he he finished the season so strong. You're like, okay, all right, right. Trayvon Morgan's here. All right, he'll be he'll be involved next year. It's like, no, well, there's probably a reason why he got three snaps before the last game of the year. No, right on. And like, yeah, I think that's the thing that sticks out to me the most is what you're talking about with the measurables too, and that no one else really has the stature that he has in the wide receiver group. Uh, like, I think Trey Mosley is the next tallest guy that gets some serious run, and he's six foot two. You know, yeah. But then again, I mean, that's that's once again, yeah, he did only get what three passes thrown to him all season. Like, yeah, hey, oh no, they're gonna lose a red zone target. Well. They never really used this red zone target the entire year, so <laughs> you don't get. I feel like I'm talking to myself here when I say that, like I just got a level set and rationalize that uh, him leaving. Honestly, really, 
uh, doesn't mean that we're losing a lot of production here because, yeah, uh, of course he could have jumped up the depth chart yes. next year, but who's to say that he absolutely would have? Like, it, it's not like MSU's receiver room is weak as it is and he was just waiting to explode against a bunch of lesser guys. Like, no, like, this is probably the most stacked room that Michigan State has in their building right now mm-hmm. is the receiver room. Now, of course, the other thing that I worry about is the lack of wide receivers coming into the program next year. You mentioned Keon Coleman. Uh, well, that's intentional. He, Right. Yeah. Of course. And that's another thing that I just got to keep telling myself. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Eligibility freeze. Everyone is seemingly a sophomore that played this year, whether mm-hmm. true sophomore, redshirt sophomore, or, of course, Ricky White being the true freshman. Like, yeah. everything's going to be okay. So, yeah. It was, it was a shocking name to, like, read uh, on the old Twitter timeline. Mm-hmm. But uh, after uh, my head levels, which it does about once a month, um, it was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's going to be okay. Kind of a yeah. bummer, but team boys are going to be okay. Yeah. Michigan State moved... Uh, Ian Stewart from receiver to tight end this year. Mm-hmm. They're not going to take a freshman receiver unless it's Keon Coleman. That's what I've been led to believe. Yeah. They are kind of peeking around at some transfer guys at that position, maybe. Mm-hmm. But it's not a position of need. It's not a space that they're going to allocate a bunch of resources to. If they can get a guy like Coleman who's a consensus top 300 recruit, four-star receiver, then they're going to do it. If they're not, they're not going to just get a receiver to to take a spot for the sake of getting a receiver. They don't need to. All of their receiving production is coming back next year. So, yeah, I'll take it. If well, you, well, except one touchdown against Penn State. That's not coming back now. 99% of their receiving State, production is returning. Let's, unless, let's be accurate here, Will. Yeah, yeah. Unless Matt Dotson doesn't. So it's a bummer. Uh, yeah, the, the only, the, it's a bummer because you miss out on the potential. That's all. Like you, You're not losing production. You're losing some potential. And wait a year. There will be plenty of young potential receivers yeah. coming in the class of 2022. And you'll have a bunch of guys to look at and be like, ooh, four stars, yay. Like, they reasonably <laughs> might sign three or four four-star receivers in the class of 2022. Like that, Turn it, it up, that's no, what I'm talking yeah, about. Like, it's, they have a very good chance to land some really talented guys at that position group. All right, we will pause there uh, and come back and talk about some hoops, Matt, some shooty hoops. Yeah, back to the win column, baby. <laughs> But first, a word from Bet Online. Ah, yes, sir. Are we ready for some football? Are we ready for some football? Yeah, I am personally. God, next weekend's going to be off what they call the chain will. It's going to be a Randy old time. I'm going to see if they have the lines up yet. I'm sure. Do you know what do. the word Randy means? Yeah, I misuse okay. it all the time, but okay. it's such a fun word to use that uh, I can't physically stop myself. Okay. So there's a sexual yeah. nature to that word. I don't. And you, yeah, you use it in I, but I'm too far context. into it now to change my ways. So like, I'm okay. unfortunately going to keep okay. using it wrongly. No, that's fair. Um, so, that's yeah, fair. Sorry, sorry about that. Well, we got NFL playoffs this weekend, national championship yeah. game on Monday, and of course, mm. the heart of college basketball conference season is firing up. And there's only one place that has you covered if you want to bet. On these games in only one place, we trust that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKDOWN, one word, LOCKDOWN, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. 50%. Matt. Well, they already got the NFL playoff lines up, too. Oh, they, wow. They're, they're, they're fast actors, man. What's, quick. Uh, do you have uh, the national championship? It opened at 7. Where are we at? 
Opened at seven. Of course, I don't have it in front of me. Oh, I perfect. Still, it is eight now. It is wow. Alabama minus eight, eight. Will, on betonline.ag. That is... That Alabama That's tough. That's tough. Good. I think I'd do OSU plus eight, actually. Yeah, I don't know what, the, what OSU team showed up. That That's... That's what matters. That's what I'm, matters. I'm banking on the one I just watched on, on Friday. Yeah. That's, that's what well, I'm they do. Yeah. I hope they do. That'd be fun if they do. Well, if you yeah. want to put some money down on OSU plus eight, like Matt, you can do it. You don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKDOWN, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online.ag, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start <laughs> and a few more wins. If you are betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get your podcast. Matt, the Michigan State basketball team did not cover against Nebraska, but they came close. Mm, just just a shade short, shade, I believe. just missed yeah. it. Yeah. A little, bit more, uh, a little bit more in the free throw game towards the end there would have done it. Yeah, Foster loves missing these front ends of the one-on-ones uh, to end the games lately. I feel, I feel like that's like the third time he's done that, um, and I, I do not like that bit that, that he does there. No, he goes 0-3 from 3 and 1-2 of two from the free throw line. Like I, It's a one-off. He's going to be fine. Right, is fine sure. in, the, in yeah, those hopefully. areas. Still yeah, shooting we'll 41% from deep, but it was like, what the hell, Foster? Why, why right, tonight? I know. The game was more stressful than it had to be. And I, I think it was more stressful, too, knowing that the last three games have not gone uh, correct at all. Yeah. Um, if, if we went, like, 2-1 and one to start the season, like, eh, I'd probably been more laid back. But, like, whoo, boy, Will, yeah. just like we said beforehand, just like a lot of people said beforehand, uh, that was as must-win as it could have got for Game 4 of your conference season. Yeah, and to be up 17 uh, a few minutes into the second half... Yep, and to have it come down to where there are possessions, where like, okay, we got to make our free throws. Yep, it's a little frustrating. Yep, especially when Nebraska is having the shooting performance of a lifetime out there, shooting what forty seven percent from three. Yeah, after humming around what thirty percent all season, like great twenty nine. Uh, was act even better. Great, yeah. So um, let's let's talk about this from a few different angles. Please, yeah, guide me. To start, I, I want to know what your takeaway is because mine, I think, is going to be. A little bit more positive than the consensus, but what was your general takeaway? Yeah, I can't decide whether I want to be really optimistic about it or pessimistic about it. I'll start <laughs> on the optimistic side because um, I'll end this on a bad note. Um, the optimistic side of me is like, hey, you know what? Nebraska did have probably the best shooting day that they'll have all year. Uh, Teddy Allen and uh, Trey McGowan's both had awesome games, maybe the best games they'll have all season. And you know what? You still beat this team. You still beat them pretty handily in the second half. Yeah, got a little close, just like we were talking about. But, you know, hey, we, we staved off some pretty good shooting from a team that really is not known for shooting. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. The, the pessimistic side is, like, do we really need to count on Aaron Henry for 27 points yeah. uh, and just a career no. night from him every single day for him? to guide this team to a win. Like, is is that the recipe to success is banking on his offense? Because if that's the case, I don't know about that one, uh, Chief. Yeah. Um, so that's the pessimist side. Of course, I don't want to harp on the five any longer. Like, hey, listen, K- Kithier played fine. That, that's he, he probably played as good as you could ask him to play. 
yeah. on, on Friday. Um, it yeah. was a very, I was going to say a little puzzling. I think it's very puzzling that Julius Marble got one minute. One. He got a minute. Uh, uh, Bingham, two minutes. That's not puzzling. He just can't play Big Ten basketball. And Sissoko, seven minutes. A little surprising for sure. But, yeah, we, we all know the issues with the five position now. But, um, yeah, that's not going to get any better, unfortunately. And that also scares me going yeah. forward, obviously. Real quick, outside of Kithier, so Kithier, Sissoko, Bingham, and Marble are the guys that generally play the five. Mm-hmm. We'll eliminate Kithier because Kithier had a nice game. Between mm-hmm. Sissoko, Bingham, and Marble, you mm-hmm. got a combined 10 minutes. Yep. A lot one, of rebounds though, right? One point, mm-hmm. zero rebounds, ah. zero assists, two turnovers, Sissoko had two blocks, and then three fouls because Marble got two fouls in one minute. <laughs> yeah, hey boy, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Burn him up, smoke him if you got him. <laughs> Love it. So you're not wrong. Yeah. I think there's a very important piece of context, piece of data that you skipped over. And you're going to bring up the good data, Will. Well, sort of. <laughs> Your best offensive player, although since conference season started, it's been a little bit inconsistent. But your yeah. leading scorer, Joey Hauser, the guy who your leading rebounder as well. Your leading scorer, yeah. leading rebounder. Mm-hmm. 21 minutes, an offensive rating of 64, which is the lowest of any person who played in that game long huh. enough to register an offensive rating. Okay. 64. Five points on four shots, made a few free throws, six rebounds and assists, three turnovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was, on offense, empirically, the <laughs> the worst player, the least efficient player on either team that played more than seven minutes. Next was Foster Lawyer. Oh, don't do this to me. Come on, man. <laughs> going into Going into that game... Yeah. Lawyer and Kithier were the two most efficient players on the team on offense in terms of offensive rating. Gotcha. Okay. Then Malik Hall, then Gabe Brown. Those are all low usage players. Among their top five, six usage guys, Hauser has been kind of the only one with a good offensive rating. Right on. Okay. He's certainly been the most consistent player on that team. And so for him to have just an absolute stinker and for Nebraska to shoot almost 20 points higher from three, Mm -hmm. for Nebraska to shoot 10 points higher on free throws than they do all season, for you to get that performance from Joey Hauser, where where Thomas Kithier outscores him on fewer shots. That would have been a nice prop bet on betonline.ag. That would have paid Mm -hmm. out handsomely if you... Made a wager there. And for you to mostly comfortably win against the conference team. I know they're not good. It's still a conference no. team. Right. They're better than Eastern. They're better than Detroit. They're better than Western. They're better than Oakland. A conference team that shot well, too. Yeah. Let's, let's add that caveat in there. Right? Well, yeah. I already said that. Fine. Just, just to add it for the sixth time, though. Yeah. I want to drive that point home. Yeah. That's not... The worst thing ever, especially coming off three losses. I do think we need to reset, if we haven't yet, reset expectations of what this team is. Oh, if you haven't by now, oh, yeah. Yeah, like the the three-game losing streak. Okay, we know Wisconsin's good. Minnesota appears to be a little bit better than we thought. Still no excuse getting blown out 
like that against them. And then Northwestern's better than we thought, but also they played terrible against Northwestern. Yeah. It's a little explainable. You can convince yourself like, hey, this team will finish sixth in the Big Ten. Something like that. Maybe. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. But they're not a top tier team. They're probably not in the second tier in the conference. At least as, as they're constructed right now. I would take second tier. Honestly, yeah. I'm at the bargaining stage right now, so sure. yeah, that's yeah. That, that's fine. Iowa, Illinois, Rutgers, Michigan, Wisconsin too. Wisconsin, yeah, totally glossed over. Yeah, that's so fine. that's your top group there. And then if you want to get in with Minnesota, Purdue, Ohio State, yeah. Indiana, Western two has played themselves up there too. Yeah, I'm, I'm game for that. Everyone's good. <laughs> Everyone's well, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah the, the, the non-Nebraska category, right? <laughs> so. It wasn't a great performance. It was really nice to see Aaron Henry have that kind of game, especially from deep, and he increased his season three-point shooting by, like, 10%. You know what's crazy, too, is, like, he's obviously had, like, a few clunkers of games going into this, and he started the game breaking a wide-open mm-hmm. dunk, and you, you're you thinking, like, oh, my it's God, over. he's going to be a complete nightmare once again on the court today. Yep. Or, or, just, or just 27 points, a yep. career high for him. Like, okay, nice. Yeah, it was his first... MVP on Ken Palm of the season. Hey, there we go, yep. Henry. And yeah, third, sorry about my third uh, of his basketball association comment the other night. Sorry yeah. That. Whoops. So that was nice to see. Not as pretty a win as you want, but dear God, we can't be picky. Dude, a win's a win, man. Yeah. yeah, we cannot be picky. Let's pause here. We'll come right back and talk about uh, A.J. Hogard, and I want to talk about Josh Langford too, because Please. we need to talk about Sir... Josh Langard, first word from Built Bar. Built Bar. Built Bar is the most delicious, best tasting protein bar ever. 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 Matt, why do you love Built Bar? Well, I love Built Bar well because it is great tasting. It is low in calories. It is high in protein and high in fiber. Fiber. Nice. Fiber. Fiber. How about that? Try that. Fiber instead. Uh, it's just awesome, Will. And um, it is. no, you know what? No, never mind. I don't know if you can talk about this product yet. So go on. What? The built immunity drink packets. Oh my god, so, so good. Oh, <laughs> I have them just for the flavor. Like, yeah, they're they're absolutely chock full of vitamins and everything. But like, oh my god, they, they just slap. I, I just love drinking them, man. <laughs> we'll so, talk oof. about built immunity at a later time. This is about built bar. Yeah, sorry about that, Will. We got yeah. bar. We got go. We got immunity. We got broth. We got everything. Yeah, built bar. There are eighteen amazing flavors: caramel brownie. Raspberry, apple almond crisp, toffee almond. The list goes on, and they're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're not just delicious on your taste buds. They're delicious on your body. Delicious on the body! Low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, like the peanut butter bar. 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. Go compare that to the protein bar in your cupboard right now. Do it's it. going to lose. It, or Built Bar is going to win. Your protein bar is going to lose. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKDOWN. One word, LOCKDOWN, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Home Field Apparel. The best to ever do it. Tough, tough loss for them in the Outback Bowl. But that's yeah, what you're going to say. Yeah. Not, not a real bowl game. Season doesn't count, right? Season doesn't count. I love the yeah. people who are like, are we going to admit that Indiana's a fraud? Like, no, shut up. No, pro- probably not. Shut no. up. Everyone, shut up. Homefield makes incredibly comfortable, officially licensed collegiate apparel. They've got a great 
vintage Michigan State line that came out back in August. Matt, you and I each got a couple of shirts. We absolutely love them. You love them so much that you went out and bought more shirts from different schools. Yes, I blasted uh, my family members to the moon with yes. home field shirts uh, from Toledo to Mississippi State. Uh, I got Hawaii there for myself. And, of course, your Michigan State Spartans. Yep, and they've got Central Michigan, Eastern, Western, Northern, Grand Valley, Ferris State, Wayne State, UDM, and Hope. Fire up, Dutch! Among many, many other schools. And these shirts and sweatshirts and pants, like it's all really unique stuff. You're not going to find stuff that you can find at home field anywhere no. else. Absolutely not. No, it that's is. the first two things that they commented on when the, my future brother-in-law opened his Toledo shirt. He's like, I've never seen this logo. And then my Bang. father-in-law, wow, I've never seen this Mississippi State script before. Bang. So I was like, look at that. There it's like they're go. reading the ad copy, baby. I loved it. It is like they're reading the ad copy. And right now, you can get 20% off your first purchase of Home Field Apparel gear at homefieldapparel.com with promo code on Spartans. That's one word, on Spartans, to get 20% off your first purchase at homefieldapparel.com. Join us tomorrow where we will be breaking down Michigan State, coming back to the Brez to host a game against Rutgers. And if they can eat Rutgers, map, Then we will be yeah. screaming oh. back. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Load up the backhand, oh, baby. Back. <laughs> then they get Purdue at home, and then they go to Iowa for, like, the most mm. potential back game ever. That thing's going to be 97 to 800 like there's gonna be seven to eight hundred. <laughs> Lock it in. Lock it in. All right, let's talk about AJ Hogard. You please, yeah, I love what I saw from him. Yeah, gets his first start, true freshman point guard. Honestly, the only point guard on the roster. Yeah, right. Rockets a shooting guard. Foster's skill set is more shooting guard. He can do point guard stuff, but like mm-hmm. he's better as a spot up shooter. Sit in the corner, knock it down, stretch the floor, uses gravity. Ideally, that right. way. That's more of his game. In terms of breaking down people off the dribble, getting into the lane, getting defenses to collapse, getting to the basket, getting to the free throw line, A.J. Hogard is, is truly the only like natural Tom Izzo point guard on this entire roster, and he finally got his first start against Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And I thought he did okay. I, I thought he looked as good as you could hope from, yeah. from the, the true freshman. Yeah, yeah. only four totally. points. Um Took three shots, got four points, had an offensive rating of 123, had three rebounds, which is nice from your point guard spot. Five assists to one turnover, blocked a couple shots, too. Uh, two blocks, were, that was nice. Yeah. Uh, that was that okay. Was, I wouldn't count on that. <laughs> nice That's to, probably not a sustainable number, no. <laughs> nice nice to get it, but I would not count on it. What I like is the five-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio, Matt. Dude, he has some nice assists, too. Like, he you did. talked about driving to the lane and collapsing. Like, there was that moment, I think there were seven minutes left on the clock, and he found Gabe Brown when mm-hmm. he was driving mm-hmm. wide open on the baseline. And this is when the game was getting a little dicey, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, MSU only had a five-point lead, and then Gabe Brown, as he does from the corner, splashed it home. So that was very nice. He also had a nice assist to uh, TK down the, the stretch, too, I think, in the final yep. minutes to extend the lead a little bit. So, yeah, man, like, great vision. Took care of the ball. Like, fine, fine, great. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, you can see it's just it comes so much more natural to him. He has a feel totally. for the spacing, passing lanes, how to navigate where he needs to get himself in relation to the big. Like he he had a uh, screen and roll with Hauser early in the game. Uh, and, you know Hauser rolls to the rim and Hogard finds a little bit of space and throws a nice bounce pass kind of between two defenders and it ends up right in Hauser's face basically and mm-hmm. he catches it and lays it in like stuff like that 
he's just done it. That's what he's yeah. done. That's that's how he's played basketball his entire life. Um, and you can just see the natural feel that he has for the game. I will say, even though he had two blocks, got some work to do on the other end of the floor. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Got some work. T- take one, give one, yeah. right? But, dear God, I'm not saying he's going to be Cassius, but dear God, Cassius Winston could not defend a thing his freshman year at Michigan <laughs> State. He got to the point where he could use his smarts and his quick hands to hang and be able to not be a total liability on that end. So I, you know, Hogard at least has more physical size and can be like a, a big bodied point guard that can throw his weight around a little bit defensively, clearly can block some shots uh, every now and then. So I, I do think he'll be fine eventually defensively. Just looks a little bit lost at times. Yeah, but man, overall, like, you, you, you add up the, the sum of all the parts of that game, and like, yeah, you, you had to have liked what you saw. I'm going to try to, like, sure. yeah, oh, yeah. tamper excitement here yeah. because, you know, he's still a true freshman. Yeah, that was Nebraska. Mm-hmm. That's the ideal team you want to start uh, against here if you're a true freshman. And yeah, he will have true freshman moments. But yeah, like, at a baseline, I, I kind of like what I see from him, and it's definitely an upgrade over the, the Rocket Watts point guard experience mm-hmm. and uh, Foster Loria at the 1 2. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it, I'm not going to say he reminds me uh, of Cassius because that's not fair to him. Right. I will say there are vibes of like his feel and just his ability to because he's not an explosive athlete like Cassius. Mm-hmm. So right. not you get what I'm saying. Similarly right, right. to Cassius, he's not an explosive athlete, but you can tell there's a little bit of like savviness. Like he has a way to get to the rim, even though he's not crossing dudes up or blowing by him he just makes the right move at the right time and finds a little nook of space that Mm -hmm. he needs um and that was good that was good to see him it's his second or third time he's gotten like extended run um after really the the back half of the minnesota game he got some burn there and he played a lot against uh detroit but this was like his first meaningful thing you know his first start and cassius winston i think started five games as a true freshman if I if I'm remembering yeah. that correctly, um, so just because he didn't get uh, the start right off the jump, you know, Tom Izzo kind of takes time to trust true freshmen, especially point <laughs> Does guards. He know? Yeah, yeah, and I'm just I just pulled it up. So Cassius started five games in the middle of the season from December 21st through January 7th. He was a starter, and then he didn't start. Uh, after that, it was all tum tum. Gotcha. Yeah, and it's not like you know fun I mean, season. Yeah, yeah, fun season. And and Cash just played more minutes, but he he wasn't a starter. The keys were not handed over to him really until his junior year. So that's kind of how it works with point guards. But I thought it was a really nice first go around for him as uh, as a starting point guard. And I would be very surprised if they didn't just ride that out and be like, all right. Oh, they have to. They, they got, have no yeah. other option, right? And. You know what? It's a small sample, but he's got a, a free throw rate of 30.8 right now, which is kind of right in line with, with what Cassius would do and what you want to get as a really good number from guards because he can get into the paint. He can get fouled. That is a really nice way to get some easy buckets when your team is not uh, going so well on the offensive end. So, yeah, nice, nice little debut from him for mm-hmm. sure. Looking forward to seeing him continue to grow and get better. One other thing real quick. Hit me. Josh Langford. Yeah, where, where where do you want to go with this one? 
I want to ask you a question. What Did you notice anything with him? What was something you saw from Josh Lankford that made you go, oh, that's nice? Oh, probably just, I, I feel like he, he was a, a touch more aggressive too, especially like getting mm-hmm. the ball inside and penetrating and using the yes. dribble. Is, is that the line you're thinking of? Okay. That is exactly it. Josh yeah. got into the paint. Four free throw attempts, man. Yeah. Not, not bad. Four free Which, throw makes. Too. Yeah. And Josh is, hasn't missed a free throw this year, but has been pretty much an eight, mid-80s free throw shooter his entire career outside of his freshman season, which he only took 26 free throws. He, he doesn't get to the line much at all. His free throw rate, uh, his sophomore year was 20. Was 20 again his junior year in his, in his 13 games. It was six going into this game, Matt. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was okay. six. It's up to 11. He, he had a game, I think it was 30 for this game, something like that. It was like five times his season average, and now it's up to 11. Gotcha. So that's good, right? Getting yeah, to the line, so. he doubled, in one game, doubled his season free throw attempts. He had taken four all year. He took four in this game and made them all. And yeah. he was getting into the paint. You know, he still took a long two. He made it, which is nice to see. He, like, it was a hot potato lawn, too, as well. Yeah. There was, like, 25 in the clock. I was yeah. like, chief. Feeling it. Um, and if it weren't for, like, he missed some open threes that, like, you feel like that dude's going to make. He went one for five from deep, and he's a 40% three-point shooter for his career. Mm-hmm. So, a couple, one more goes in there. 18 points. You're starting to feel really good about it. 15's nothing to shake a stick at. Especially when you consider that he's been in double figures just two other times this season against Eastern and against Oakland. Uh, this was his season high, 15 points. It was just nice to see him taking it off the bounce, getting into the lane, getting himself fouled. Even the the, um, the fast break where he got blocked and Kithier had that cleanup dunk. That was great. That was an assist on, on Langford. I will not hear any otherwise. Well, he, yeah, he split those two guys and mm-hmm. got to the rim. And if he doesn't do that, then the trailing defender doesn't have to commit to blocking the shot. And Kithier isn't completely unmarked. Like, because he went around those guys and got through them with a nice step through move, that guy, the trailer, I forget who it was, um, had to block the shot. Otherwise, he could have just focused on rebounding if Josh had to put it up over uh, the first guy. So even that was an aggressive take, a good move, and led to uh, Nebraska's transition defense being a mess and Thomas Kithier coming down the floor all alone to pick up an easy rebound and an easy dunk. So... Yeah, that that is, if he can do that, if he can keep doing that, he's going to score 15 or so every game. If he can get to the line four times, Matt, I went through all the numbers. And in his career, every single time that he has gotten to the line at least four times since his sophomore year. So we're going to get rid of his freshman year because he didn't shoot the ball ever his freshman year. But since he's been like a, a player with moderate usage, which he is now, Every single time but one that he's gotten to the free throw line, at least four times, he's scored 14 or more points. Every single time. Eh, all right, there we go. That plays. Yeah. Can I ask a quick question on a tangent here? When Gabe Brown got the ball and he was all alone in the half court, what did you think was going to happen? Because I was already bracing myself for a 360 double between the legs uh, <laughs> fast break dunk when he was approaching the rim. I thought he was going to um, miss. Oh no! <laughs> Just let like a Vince Carter miss like it hits the the heel of the rim so yeah. hard that it goes the other key on the other end of the court. All I thought was he was gonna miss or travel or something terrible. <laughs> That's nice. That was so great. <laughs> All right, 
we will end the show here. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about Michigan State taking on Rutgers. Really good basketball team with a really, really good player. I know. I hate this. I hate it already. But whatever. We got to do it together. We're going to do it together, guys. Michigan State can beat them. They can. They're going to have to play really well. It's a a two-point projection on Ken Palm map. Oh, boy. That's okay. Fine. It's going to be a close spread, but good God, Ron Harper is ripping it up this year. I know he is. (laughs) (laughs) He is. He's good. He's very good. He's also been at Rutgers for the eight GD years, it feels like. Yeah. And finally, Geo Baker has stopped taking shots for them. (laughs) Ah, shoot. Oh, well. Yeah. Anyway. That's going to do it for us here on today's episode of Locked on Spartans. We'll be back tomorrow to break down that game. Remember to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcast. Matt, take us home. Back. All right. Go over, guys.